Welcome to the Servants Feast Christian Ministry Podcast with Reverend Elizabeth Moreau. Elizabeth wrote the From Called to Sent Discipleship series that includes six books and two retreats for the intellectual and spiritual development of Christians in the local church. In Elizabeth's From Called to Sent series, she often tells us there is more. Christianity is so much more than just attending church and Sunday school. The riches of our faith are beyond what we can hope or imagine. Jesus tells us that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Elizabeth passionately teaches the treasures of Christian life to the end that we grow and mature and experience an abundant life in Christ. Her reflections on topics and issues of the day always point to Jesus with the purpose of advancing his kingdom. She desires for us all to understand the deep and rich heritage we inherit from the historic and universal church. In Romans, Paul tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With this thought, let us continue our journey of transformation and renewal as Elizabeth shares her teaching through this podcast. Well, welcome. It is good to have you here. It is good to be here with you, and I want to thank you for joining and listening in today. Um, it has been a crazy month, I must confess. I keep envisioning getting myself organized and getting in this um, order and getting things going smoothly and, and everything flowing and, and getting it all regularly, um, podcasts, everything that's come out so often, and this blog is going to come out so often, I'm working on this project and that project. Lord have mercy, I've started 17 different things and not finished any, I believe. I don't know if anybody else has that problem, but it's got to be, you know, one of my biggest flaws, no doubt, um, beyond a shadow of doubt, it is. But um, I, I will say that I've had a knee replacement in the last month. Not, now, that has been rather distracting, all things considered, and um, I had heard, for example, that these things were very painful. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I've got to tell you, ow. All I can say is ow, okay? Uh, Thanksgiving Day is a couple of days from now, and that will mark, um, what I say, that will mark the beginning. Um, I mean, that will mark three weeks since I had my knee replaced. Wow, three weeks. And I can, I'm finally not, you know, crying myself to sleep at night. No, that's not true. I haven't been crying myself to sleep at night. I've only done that a couple of times early on. But, wow, I am totally impressed with how... Um, much that hurt. And uh, t- last week, I was given permission by the surgeon to drive, and so I could go someplace by myself, and I could take myself there. And so I, because I'm a genius like that, I went to Costco. Because the first time you're going to go any place, you want to go someplace the size of a football field. I thought I'd cry myself to sleep that night, too. I, sometimes I'm such an idiot. But anyway, it's just been a crazy week, and it's been a crazy month. <laughs> crazy week, crazy month. And um, we're headed into the, into the holy days, and I... Um, you know, I don't know. I Let's stop and pray. For our Lord is good and we need to be with him. Let's stop and pray. Hear my prayer, Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. We ask that you open our hearts and minds to the knowledge and love of you in Jesus Christ. Grant that we may receive your Holy Spirit for the healing of our souls. Illumine our thoughts, enliven our hearts, Teach us in this time so that we may know you in your Son, Jesus Christ, and live. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Now, I will tell you that I've been thinking about and praying about podcasts. I've actually started a couple of them and not gotten them completed and things. And so we're going to come back to some of those. But I was thinking about it and praying about it going, you know, we're going into Thanksgiving. People have so much on their mind. There's a lot that's been going on and everything. And um, and, I, and I realized, and this is an important day for me. I don't know how many of y'all are, it's, it really uh, resonates with. But it, it, this is a really important day in the life of the church or a really important day in my life was Christ the King, King Sunday, which was last Sunday, Christ the King. And um, to me, Christ the King is being reminded of that is such a, um, what I want to say, it is such a, a, um, a consolation that that Christ is king because I can see all the all the murky mess that we create. I can see all the havoc that we wreak on one another and the pain and inflict and things like that. <laughs> like wow, and I can see the ways that that um, the world appears hopeless or you know um, that it looks like evil is about to prevail. And so there's there's great consolation to me that Christ is king overall and that he and, and it gives me great hope uh, when when things. When when you look at the world around you, I mean, it gives me hope in every circumstance, and and I um I need to be reminded of that. And I thought, well, I bet they, I bet everybody else needs to be reminded of that too. Um, you know, I took this from the book of worship, the from the United Methodist book of worship. It says, um, "I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of hell and death. Because I live, you shall live also." Now that is taken from the uh, service of death and resurrection, funeral, whatever, memorial service. But anyway, it's a service of death and resurrection. And it's a compilation of several uh, passages from Scripture. But uh, Jesus says several times in Scripture, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. And there's references to the Alpha and the Omega in, in Scripture. Um, anyway, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. You know, there is to me such power in those words. The beginning and the end, when all is said and done, from, from, from our very origins to the very end, the last word, when all is said and done, Christ is king. Uh, you know, and I, I just, it just restores my heart and soul. It says, I hold the keys to hell and death, and because I live, you shall live also. And I got to tell you, aging, replacing joints, I'm reminded that I am terminal. I, it reminds me all the time that I am aging and that I am flawed, and this body is going to give way someday to something else. And, um, I, you know, I don't know that that's a bad thing. Lord, at this point, it's a painful thing. But, you know, I have to admit that the older I get and the more that I learn, the more I recognize, the less that I know, um, that there's more out there than, than than I realize to know and to understand. But um, one of the things that's fascinated me as we've gone through this election cycle and stuff is that, um, are, are the things that have been said and done, but it's the rise of Christian nationalism. And I'm going to talk about that one day, but um, not, not right now. I don't want to go there right now. But um, it's a bad deal when people begin to define you, when somebody is going to define you instead of, allowing you to uh, define yourself. And the detractors of Christianity are the ones who are defining Christian nationalism. I haven't seen any Christians doing that. So if you have any information on it, you might send that to me. But uh, there's no way to deny, I don't think, uh, credibly to deny that that, are, that things are changing, um, and they're changing on a worldwide scale, uh, I, and not for, not for the better, I have to say. Um, when uh, we were young and stuff, I can remember the, the, all that we were allowed to do that we would never allow our grandchildren to do now at all, and um, there seems no way to stop this change that's coming. There's no way to impact or make a difference as, 
the nation kind of declines and falls apart. Alexis de Tocqueville was talking about it and said you cannot maintain um, democracy in the United States unless you are a Christian. And, of course, we're not Christian anymore. Um, it, the democracy would only survive if you were a Christian. He saw that, I don't know, nearly 200 years ago. And um, that's one of the rise of Christian nationalism now. But you can't impose Christianity on people. And, um, and I don't know how real the Christian nationalism is to begin with. I don't really know. I do know that um, the nation is is going to collapse uh, because it's going to collapse to idolatry. We have this this deep, uh, you know, we we worship such things as power and you know money and knowledge, and we think that we're that these things are going to save us, um, uh, having enough money, and we can create a new world order. And you know, people call that a um, what do I say? They call that a uh, conspiracy theory, but I don't think the people who are doing it consider it as conspiracy. I don't think it'll work, don't get me wrong, but these, these, are, these are idols that people worship, and these are things that flow downward toward us. Um, and and we, have, we have heresy. These all are combined. Idolatry always comes with heresy, and the, the heresies that we live with today is, are, you know, that, that are part of the, you know, atheistic idolatry that we have, this sort of you know, uh, human worship or whatever, is that there is no God. <laughs> the irony is that we say there's no God and therefore human beings are in charge, but human beings are merely animals. We're only animals and we must, you know, live according to our passions and according to our desires and whatever we want and, um, you know, that we can be self-creating and self-determining. And these are, these are, these are false. You can't really be self-creating and self-determining. You can't give yourself qualities you don't possess, and you're not an animal. You are somebody remarkable, and we just have lost the, the contact with anything true or real, and you get to make up your own reality, and that's false. And um, I've been reading Thomas Sowell. He has a series of essays, um, but, you know, I'm a big fan of Thomas Sowell, but he has a series of essays. Is reality optional? No, reality is not optional. It'll always come back and bite you in the butt. I know I'm not supposed to say that word, but anyway. With idolatry and heresy, you end up with immorality. That there are in the immorality. Lord have mercy. There's no limits to the immorality in our society today. And they, you know, they, people think this is, um, you know, like preaching or condemning or, or whatever, judging others. But I can tell you, immorality is destructive. Okay, it really is. It's very destructive. And um, when we talk about it in terms of sex, yes, that's true. There's a lot of sexual immorality in our society, but also. You know, there's so much, so, so many choices to choose from. There is such greed in our society, such selfishness and arrogance. All these things are so immoral. Um, vulgarity. I can't get over the vulgarity in our society. And, and I, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not always, you know, my mouth is not always pure, everything that flies out of it. But at least we ought to acknowledge that that, um, that, that lessens us some, in some degree. The best you can find, who was it? Maybe it was Mark Twain who said it. Samuel Clemens said the, if the best you can find to express yourself is a cuss word or whatever, then you, know, you, need, you need a larger vocabulary. It means that you're not very smart. I don't know. I can't remember who said that, but I, somebody smarter than I said it. Anyway, so in the middle of this environment, I want to say again to you that Christ is king. It doesn't appear that he's king in our society right now, but we need to be reminded that he is the beginning and he is the end, you know, and um, that he he encapsulates the whole of our existence. I, I like the the what Paul said in uh, to the Areopagus when he said, "In him we live and move and have our being." Christ is present always and everywhere, and um, I think that is so 
we need to be reminded of that as we stand in the middle and we look around and say, um, what's happening in the world around us is changing so dramatically and, and not for the better. And, you know, the people who are making claims and stuff are not very smart. You know, whatever we see and whatever we look around and, and acknowledge and, and whatever we um, think and fear, whatever people claim, it's not the last word. That, that's not the last word, y'all. In the end, evil does not win. Lies do not win. You know, immorality does not win. You know, we don't need to be afraid. Um, I was listening to a, a Victor Davis Hanson podcast. It was a post-election podcast. And uh, he was talking about the election. And he said, um, uh, it was commentary on the election and stuff. And he said that uh, the, Dems, the Democrats won on fear alone. They didn't. They, how do you defend like no borders or full term abortion or um, you know gas prices what they are in the in the dependence on the hard, or loss of prominence in the world and the you know rampant inflation and I mean there's just one problem after another in the nation gas prices Lord have mercy anyway so he's talking about this and he says you know uh, he said that they didn't defend any of those things. They just told the people that the Republicans were going to take away all their freedoms. And so he said that they won, the Democrats won on, on fear alone, be afraid of the Republicans. Never mind how miserable we're making your life currently with all these bad policies. You need to be afraid of the Republicans. Okay? And, um, you know, I don't know, some political commentators you know, can talk about that. And there's people who are um, more invested in politics than I am. And I, and I do read a lot of politics and follow the political world to some extent, but I've decided that that is an interruption in my life with Christ. There's a limit to what I can do. I can do the amount of good around me, but I cannot do uh, change the world good in terms of politics, nor am I interested in doing that. I don't want to be a politician. Um, but anyway, I think it deserves discussion whether or not the Republicans are the ones taking away your fear, your freedom, or whatever. And um, But what I want to go back to is his observation that the Democrats won on fear. That what should have been, a based on policies alone, the experience of, of daily life, should have been a red wave. Everybody talked about that. But they won on fear. That's a prescient thought, fear. Don't be afraid. We're going to take care of you. You know, people without a God um, become, they, we, we become smaller, and we become um, smaller of mind, smaller of being, and we become more fearful. And uh, everything is, we want somebody to ground us and, and promise us whatever, and we're willing to follow rather blindly. That's what fearful people do. And um, I listened to him, and I thought, wow, you know, that is very insightful that we live in a, among a people who are becoming more and more feel, fearful, more and more vulgar, and more and more um, self-absorbed, and less and less intelligent. And they're not less intelligent. We're not less intelligent. We are less knowledgeable. We don't have enough knowledge any longer. You know? And um, I thought, well, what do you say in these times? I think about that. And it's a good thing for us to know as Christians that Christ is king, and that in the end, he wins. But what do you say to these people who live like that? And I will tell you, I remembered a sermon illustration from some years ago, and I don't remember the story now at all, but it was a, a, a pastor, I don't remember the conditions or whatever the illustration was, but he prayed that um, he would, it, for a message from God, for the people, right? I need a message to tell the people. He said, what do you want me to tell them, you know, whatever, and I, and I don't remember the circumstances, but what do you want me to tell them? And the answer that he got back from God is, tell the people 
that I love them. Tell the people that I love them. And that is the message that a nation of people who are lost and afraid, you know, need to hear. The King of Kings loves you. The King of Kings loves you. You don't have to be afraid. He loves you. You know, we are not um, a people of fear. Christians are not. We should not be a people of fear at all. Uh, we're not even like United citizen, United States citizens first and foremost. We should be Christians first and foremost. Kingdom, kingdom children, you know, uh, children of the Most High God. Not national children, but kingdom children, right? And the King of Kings is our brother. And we need to remember that and hold on to that so that we can proclaim to others that the King of Kings loves you. He loves you. That's the message for a world that is full of, you know, self-destructive habits and practices and, and um, alienate, alienation from one another. It's, it's truly tragic, you know? Um, anyway, the message for the, for, for the people need to come from people who are not fully invested in this world. Where our hopes are not here, our final hopes are not here, our final, our final you know, dreams are not being met here, our final life is not here. Yes, I think life ought to be good, I want my life to be good, don't you want your life to be good? But the truth of the matter is that we live during a, a strange time, and we need to, what do I say, we need to, I don't know, um, we need to have great confidence in who we are as children of God. The Most High God, the creator of all that is, is your Father. He has called you to Him. We don't have cause for being afraid. You know, Jesus' advice to His, fo to his followers when he, was, when he was talking to them, He said, um, What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear Him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And, you know, he's talking there about Satan who would destroy us and have us follow him right into hell. And I think that's what he's done successfully in the United States today, that he's creating hell. And my prayer is that we will experience sufficient hell on earth that we'll turn away from that and turn to Christ. But we can only turn to Christ if we are assured repeatedly of how much he loves us. You know, it says, do not fear those who kill the body, you know, but fear the one who can kill the body and the soul. That's said in the same place where Jesus is talking about, you know, that he has numbered, the, you know, the numbers, the hairs on your head are numbered, right? And it's not a sparrow falls to the ground that God does not know. You know, um, so the message of the church for the world today needs to be not accommodationism of any sort, Okay, it needs not to be um, a worldly message that you're free to be and to do whatever you wish. You know, Jesus loves you. It's God, the cosmic love muffin or whatever. Rather, the message of the church needs to be he loves you. He created you. He knew you. He formed you in the womb. And he loves you and calls you to him and to life, not to death, but to life. You see, left to our own devices, we choose death. And you can watch this happen in the coming decades. I love, that's what bothers me, not just the immorality right now or not just the uh, lack of, you know, uh, when I say the lack of leadership in political parties or in national and in international levels or whatever. What bothers me is what is happening to the generations behind me. If you are 40 or if you are 20, I think these people are going to come out enraged at some of the, the things that they've been reassured. Here, try this, do this, have fun with this. It's no problem. This won't destroy you. And they're going to turn out and say, it's destroyed my life. There's evidence of that already, that some people are saying that. My life has been destroyed. You told me I could do this, and now, it's, now I'm ruined. And those people need to hear, he loves you, and he has a life for you. No matter what your circumstances are, he loves you. 
the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all that is, the one who was and is and ever shall be, the Alpha, the Omega. He loves you. And that's the message we need to proclaim from the, top to, from, the, to, uh, from the housetop. Do not whisper it inside the church walls. That's a mistake. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Okay? Rather, the, the message from us needs to be proclaimed on housetops. He loves you. The King of kings loves you. You know that illustration from that from years ago? I, I was preaching, and I haven't preached in 20 years. But the illustration from years ago was about um, the, the pastor. What do I tell the people? What would you like for me to say? Tell the people I love them. Tell the people I love them. Do you abide in the love of Christ? I, I will tell you, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm very distracted by things all around me, and I'm busy doing everything else under the sun, and I do not abide in the love of Christ. I do not stop and sit still with Christ. And then I lose courage, I lose focus, I lose sight and vision. How can you see anything for tomorrow unless you're looking at Christ through, through the lens of his eyes and in the light of his love, the light of the kingdom? That's how you see what the next step is. It shines right before you like a beacon. Walk this way. Do you abide in the love? He loves you. Do you abide in his love? Day in and day out. You know, you cannot abide in the love of Christ and be fearful. I mean, I know that we do that all the time, but we are not truly abiding fully in the love of Christ. We have to go back over and over again to the throne of God, go back over and over again and kneel there. I remember when I first took disability, I was terrified of the future. I had no plans. My, I had worked, um, you know, I'd gotten a master's degree and had prepared this career, whatever, to be a pastor and stuff like that, and I took disability, and I had no other skills. I had no other, you know, I mean, I had skills, but nothing that would produce an income, nothing I was able to do because I was so um, dizzy and so sick and so, uh, oh, it's just miserable. And, um, you know, I can remember I can remember thinking about that, and um, I, would, I would become, I would be overcome by anxiety and fears. And sometimes four, five, six times a day, I would kneel, uh, kneel on my kneeler, which I can't do any longer because my knee's bum, but I was younger then. I would go to my kneeler and pray. And every time God met me there, every time God met me there, he didn't provide me with big answers. Years later, I went back and read a journal that I'd been writing during that time, and very seldom were there huge answers. Oh, here's where you're going to lay out the future. Here's all your plans. Here's what I'm going to do with you. Here are the things I have in mind. None of that was true. Instead, he met me there, and I could breathe again. Slowly but surely, I could breathe again. Because he held me close to his heart. And he calmed my fears. And it would be the smallest thing sometimes, unexpectedly. And he was present to me. When you abide in his love, then fear goes away. I mean, and, and we're told that perfect love casts out fear. But we don't really live like that, do we? Perfect love casts out fear. And I think that's true. Every time I've drawn close to Christ, my fear has diminished. Every time I've knelt before the Father, my fear has diminished. And that's the message we need to live day in and day out. That is also the message we need to proclaim to the world around us. Do not be afraid. The King of Kings loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And you need to remember that too for you. You need to remember that He loves you. And no, you don't measure up. Quit trying to be so good. Instead, be so devoted. That's what I think. That's what my sin is. I'm going to try to be good. I'm going to try to operate under my own steam. I'm going to try to, you know, accomplish things and get things done. 
But there's nothing I can do unless I am in prayer before Christ. And he works through me. It's in prayer that I get answers and prayer that I get direction for thoughts and I have new ideas. It is in prayer that he restores my soul, that he feeds me and sustains me. So I encourage you to do that, you too. But should know that the King of Kings loves you. And you spend time in his love so that you can abide in that and that you can not be afraid of all, everything that you see around you, that you won't worry about it, that you can give thanks when it comes this in a couple of days and you can say, wow, my life is blessed for I belong to the Lord of hosts. He is mine and I am his. And then you can proclaim to others, do not be afraid because the darkness is coming across the nation it's sweeping across the nation in ways that that I don't think we understand. And as people become terrified, you need to be able to proclaim from the housetops, do not be afraid. He loves you. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and close because I'm just repeating myself now, but that's so important to remember. He loves you. Tell the people I love them. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. I ask you, O God, to call your people, to lift our eyes to you, that we may see your glory. Send your spirit to walk with us, to guide our steps, and to remind us throughout each day of your infinite wisdom, as well as the safety we find in the shelter of your love. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, y'all, as we head towards Thanksgiving in the beginning of the new year, Advent, wait for Christ to come. Y'all be blessed now. You hear? You have just heard the latest podcast with Elizabeth Moreau. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever service you might use. Please rate, review, and share this podcast with others. Be sure to look us up on Facebook and like and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you appreciate this ministry, please consider making a donation to Servants Feast Christian Ministry through our website. Join us next time as we continue to explore God's truth as it speaks to our world today with transforming love for all people.